Welcome to this special series of the Bundaberg Now podcast, where we shine a spotlight on the heritage buildings of our region. My name's Genevieve, I'm your host, and I invite you to listen along as we uncover some hidden histories, mysterious stories, and some pretty bizarre facts about our most iconic buildings and structures. I've been really looking forward to today's episode, because today we get to take an in-depth look into the Bundaberg Regional Art Gallery building, which you'll find on the corner of Barolan and Key Streets. This building is no stranger to change. Having been originally built as Customs House in 1902, it was then a bank for over 50 years, then a library for 16 years, an art centre, and now, as you see it today, the Bundaberg Regional Art Gallery. Adele Bennett from Bundaberg Now got a little insight into the quirks of this historically listed building by speaking with two council staff members who have their own special connection to the building. While she's now part of the Parks team, Rowana O'Neill worked in the building for 15 years. And Chris Spence spent 10 years working in the building before starting as coordinator at the Bundaberg and District Historical Museum. They share their knowledge on the building's history, as well as some of the spookier encounters of the staff, arts and gallery guests over the years. I'm here with Rowana O'Neill and Chris Spence, who both spent time working in One Barolan Street early on in the art gallery days. Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We're excited to be here. So, Rowana, can you tell me a bit about your time here and um, a bit about what the building means to you? I started here as public programs officer, which was a new position the gallery started. So it was running all the educational programs for school groups and community groups. So that was fantastic for me because I was able to create programs which bridged the artworks um, and people's understanding of what the exhibitions were when they came through to see them. So the building to me is a really important special building to me. I spent 15 years here working and developed lots of friendships with my colleagues and met a lot of artists and people that stayed here. And there's a lot of history in this building. So it's a really wonderful building to explore. Um, it, It has so many different aspects to it. So I've really enjoyed my time here. Great. And Chris, um, while you were here as part of your role, you were doing open house tours, delving into that history a bit. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, that was an exciting time because the gallery was opened up um, for tours. People did not see behind the scenes. So on those tour days, we'd open the um, artist in residence, as usually didn't have an artist in there at the time. People saw into the two kitchens, behind the scenes, things that people didn't realise was actually going on in a gallery. A lot of people come into the gallery and they just look around, they they appreciate what is on the wall and everything in the exhibitions. But the one thing was that with it, everybody could come in. We did a bit of a talk on the what was on exhibition and then came up and they saw behind the scenes and they saw that it wasn't just, oh, overnight that artworks just happened to appear. You know, there were no special ferries that came and did things. There was a lot that went on behind the scenes. So that was a very important time for people to learn actually what was going on in the building. It wasn't just a building sitting there that housed artworks. Great. And before it was an art gallery, it had a few iterations of life's as um, different things. Can you tell me a bit about all the different uses it's had throughout its history? 
it started off as uh, the customs house. The custom, the original customs house was just a small timber building that was down Targo Street. Then as more and more trade came to Bundaberg, of course, you needed a larger customs house. So um, the building was built for the, as the customs house. After that, it became the Commonwealth Bank. The Commonwealth Bank bought it um, because um, they needed a bigger building and, you know, the banking was on the go then. So, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, they'd open up and they'd be closed. I'm not sure. I think it was about four o'clock in those days as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was, that was very good. And then after the Commonwealth Bank built the new building around in Bourbong Street, the library came in here as it was only a small section of books and that that was over at the School of Arts. Um, so it wasn't really a good town library. So they came into the building and they were able to operate in here. And when they had a generous donation by one of the um, former pa uh, farmers um, on his, out of his estate, then they built their own building. And so the art gallery was able to come here. So we had a dedicated art gallery. Before that, it was just um, artworks hanging in the School of Arts in the lower level so that was really good we then had the gallery so to from the time that it went from the library to the art gallery there was major works undertaken by council um, all the floors downstairs were all the timber was ripped up and it was all tongue and groove all um, punched nail punched in and all of that so it was all done just to welcome in the the gallery to make it suitable for the artwork, the Bundaberg collection. Oh, great. So, um, as part of that transformation to an art gallery as well, we had artist in residence residencies available for people to come and stay while they were here. Um, Rowana, can you tell me a bit about um, the use of that and uh, artists coming to stay? Um, we're so lucky to have that space upstairs. So the artist in residence used to be where the bank manager's family used to live. So it's quite a spacious area. So to transform that into a residency for artists meant that um, people could come up, say, from Brisbane and wouldn't have to worry so much about trying to find funding for accommodation and things like that. So it made it a lot easier for artists to stay. It also meant that people could stay for quite a while. We had somewhere on site where they could meet with schools, they could do talks about their exhibitions. So it really gave us that flexibility and it meant that people could really sometimes even create a body of work when they were here. Um, we do have quite a funny story actually from one artist that was staying here in the residence. We had a few, we had actually had three people from France staying and they were doing some beautiful uh, work and a lot of them doing workshops. And we had a gentleman that was doing photography and he liked to dress in black every day. So from literally head to toe, always dressed in black each day and always had his camera pointing out of the window onto Brolin Street. And one day we had a very concerned call from one of the buildings that located opposite the gallery to let us know that they'd been monitoring the building for the past week and that we had a spy located in our building but don't worry they had been watching him and they described him and said he's all dressed in black and he has a big camera and I had to tell them not to worry that it was indeed one of our artists in residences um, and that he was very harmless and very safe and more they were more than welcome to come over and meet him if they wanted to. Keeping an eye on the street below. Yes that's right. <laughs> 
And I've also heard other interesting stories about the artists that have stayed here over the time and some more spooky aspects of their time. Do you want to tell me a bit about things you've been told from people that have stayed? I do know of two artists that relayed stories back to us. So one gentleman actually came down to complain to me that he was no longer able to do any work until we got the ghost removed from the building because he'd been up all night and it had been pushing things over in the apartment and he was quite exhausted and had had quite enough of this. Um, So I had to come upstairs to see the different objects that the ghost had pushed over during the night, which included a whiteboard and I think some personal effects. Um, And all I could do was try and assure him that, um, you know, we would obviously, we wanted to take care of him and make sure that he was safe. um, But there wasn't really a whole lot else I could do at that stage. (laughs) Another artist was running a workshop for us and she had Um, to get uh, back to the airport. So I had offered to pick her up on the weekend and drive her to the airport back to Brisbane. And when I came to pick her up, she was outside of the building quite frightened and I got out of the car and asked if everything was okay and she said that she could probably no longer go back into the building because, again, she'd been up all night. She'd had some sort of energy ball or orb in her bedroom with her that had kept her up all night and her phone had been doing very odd things and she was quite scared (laughs) and very frightened. So I had to go upstairs and collect her bags for her and take her to the airport. And she said that while she loved spending time in Bundaberg, she wasn't sure that she'd be able to come back again for a residency with us. Wow, so I guess the fact that it's been more than one tells you it's not so much the eccentric artist that may actually be something (laughs) lurking around the building. So, Chris, how about you? Have you ever had any experiences or any of the staff members you've worked with had any experiences? We had one staff member that used to come in early because she had to go and be interviewed on the radio. So she'd come in early so that she could get her head around what she was going to talk about and that And I came in one day and, of course, she says to me, we've got the ghost here. I went, what? She says, we've got the ghost here. I said, what ghost? She says, the printer keeps on going and there's nothing coming through and I'm not printing anything. So she was quite concerned about that. But we did have one one, uh, visitor who was a child and I heard this really really terrible frightening scream and of course I came flying upstairs because our office was straight underneath here and of course came flying upstairs and this poor little boy was sitting out in near the door around the corner and he was just shaking and I said to him what's wrong and he said I saw a ghost and I said where'd you see a ghost love not wanting to sort of put him down or anything because he was genuinely shaking and I said where'd you see a ghost love he says in that room there and I said what did the ghost do it jumped out the window well at this stage we had some painters outside on scaffolding and I thought okay he obviously saw one of the painters go across the window even though we had the shades down and he I said to him look darling there's painters out there they're on the scaffold you probably saw that no 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 I saw somebody jump out the window and when he described it, it, it was a period costume wow. that he'd seen this man jump out. So I was sort of proceeded to get 
the supervisor to come up because um, you know I sent one of the other children down to the supervisor who came up and sort of calmed the child down and took him downstairs. But he was, you know, very, very frightened and, you know, it wasn't a case of he was just messing around. Mm -hmm. He'd actually believed he saw something. I have, since I started work here and these stories have been coming out about ghosts and sightings and that, um, I'm at the Historical Museum and I've looked through our files, not saying that we've got everything on file, but we can't find anything that may have happened in this building to cause anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we really don't know. We'd love to know, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if anyone has any more information than we do, would love to hear about it. I do remember that I was working here late one night in the office downstairs and I was head over my desk t- typing away and I heard some footsteps. At the time in the lower gallery, we just had timber floors. We'd had carpet for a number of years and then we'd had that removed. So we had this beautiful timber floor downstairs. And the footsteps were very clear. They were they sounded like a man's dress shoe with a, s- a slight heel on them. And I remember looking up and I half got out of my chair because I thought, oh, there's still one of the staff members here. I haven't said goodbye to them. I'll get up and say goodbye. But then realized that it was after six o'clock. It was dark outside and I had said goodbye to everyone. This team had already left for the day. But the unusual thing was I remember counting five footsteps in my head. So the last that, you know, the footstep didn't sort of land. And so on hearing that, I shut the office door (laughs) and packed up all my things and left quite soon after that. But we have had a lot of people that have come to the gallery um, as visitors or here for meetings. And as Chris mentioned, a lot of them just in conversation do mention a ghost that resides here. And, you know, we're not having a conversation about that necessarily, but obviously these are people who maybe see things or feel things and they do tell us as a, a a lady that lives in the gallery and she does wear like a period costume dress and a lot of them hear the rustling of that sort of crinoline dress on her. So from a historical perspective, now that you're at the Historical Museum, Chris, how important are these buildings to the character of Bundaberg? Over the years, this building has been changed as it's been repurposed. It has been, the facade has been changed to cater for that. Um, In the early days, there was not what we call the access studio out the back. Um, That wasn't covered in. That's an access studio. We've also got storerooms and everything like that out there. So, you know, it has been repurposed for the things. And a lot of times, while changing the, the outside look and the look inside, they've tried to stay with it as much as possible like the vaults downstairs, they were they were a thing left over from the bank. One of the the large vault is actually the collections storage. The other vault, the door was taken off because it's now an exhibition space. So you know they are part of this building. It's part of the history. So it's really good that that has been left as it is, because it, it does show it's very significant. It shows what this building has gone through. Like even with the bank, you had the tellers 
um, in there. As you came in, you faced this massive bench, which was the talus behind it. And then when the library came, that was all taken out. That was changed. So you had different sections, like a children's section, etc. like you've got over at the library now. So, you know, each change has been modified, um, but still keeping as much as possible. And, you know, fair enough, with heritage-listed buildings, you have to, if you're doing renovations or anything like that, you have to renovate with like-minded material, which it's getting harder and harder these days to get things, you know, that you can. Like if it's cedar, you're supposed to do it with cedar. You know, this building, it fits right into a certain era and it fits in with that. So I think, you know, if we can keep as much as possible, people are going to come and see it. Yeah. People will come because they they don't want to see the modern. They want to see the architecture of the past. Great. And now that we're not no longer doing open tours um, like we might have in the past, can people come down to the Historical Museum and find out a bit more about Underberg's history down there? Definitely. We're open seven days a week, so that's no worries at all. And we do focus on Bundaberg's history. Perfect. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. It was lovely to have a chat. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that snapshot of the history of our art gallery building. Tune in again next month when we hear about another of Bundaberg's heritage buildings and structures.